welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. This is episode 76, but before we get into it, I've got something I need to tell you about. If you've been listening for the last few weeks, you'll know that I've been nominated in the best podcaster category at the Mental Health Blog Awards, and I need some help. I need you to vote for me. So I've put a link in these episode notes, so you can pause this episode right now, jump into the episode notes, click the link, and it just takes seconds. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to register. You can have a read through and vote in the other categories if you so wish, or you can skip right through to the best podcaster category and give me your vote. Like I say, it takes seconds and it would be very much appreciated. All the votes that are going on right now kind of narrow down, take it down to a top three, I think. And then when the event in the summer, that's when the winner gets decided. So even to get to that event and make the top three, I'd take that as a win. So if you could do me a solid and vote, that would be amazing. Thank you very much. Other than that, welcome to Proper Mental episode 76 with some of the team from the UK Men's Sheds Association. So Men's Sheds are community-driven, member-led venues all over the UK. There's about 600 of them that fall under the Sheds banner. And the Men's Sheds Association provides support to the members and guidance to the individuals who want to set up these spaces in their local community. They help to promote them and raise awareness around all the amazing things that each individual shed is doing. But they're basically community spaces for people to come together and just work together and all the sheds they all do different things they all have different projects and that's some of the stuff that we kind of discuss in this episode today so there's actually three people on this zoom call to record this obviously one of them is me but there also is the volunteer and community development manager Rachel Meadows and she joins me on the call to chat about the association the volunteers some of the projects some of the different sheds up and down the country and just kind of how they pull it all together and what happens from the association point of view the other person on the call is John Paul Mountford and he runs the shed in Penge and John Paul has got his own story about mental ill health and we chat to him about that we talk about the work that his shed does in the community We talk about combating isolation and loneliness and we talk about some of the members of his sheds and some of the benefits that he sees every day working with these people. John Paul also does some work for Mind as well. So he does a lot of work in the mental health space and he was lovely to chat to. And it was just great to chat to them both and hear about all the incredible things that were going on. And yeah, it's really cool. Really, really cool. I kind of think in the mental health conversation at the moment, like every single demographic needs more help, more support, more awareness, of course. But there seems to be a lot of talk about young people's mental health. And there seems to be a lot of talk about men's mental health, particularly in that that age bracket of like up to 45 year olds or whatever it is. But we never talk about after that. There's hardly any talk of like older generations mental health. So it's not like you wake up on your 46th birthday and suddenly you don't have to worry about this stuff, right? A lot of these sheds have younger members, but as a rule, they tend to be in the older generations. And so it was really cool, yeah, just to hear from Rachel and John Paul about some of the different different stories from the sheds and, and some of this awesome work that's going on. And I enjoyed this chat immensely. Because there was three of us on the call, sometimes the, the sound is a little unusual shall we say the content's great and I don't think the sound takes anything away from it Jean-Paul was actually recording this from his shed so there's a bit of background noise a lot of the shedders are knocking about at one point someone fires up I think a drill or a circular saw or something so there is a little bit of noise in the background like I say it doesn't steal from the conversation and I'm always keen for you to hear these conversations exactly how I hear these conversations because that's real right But I just wanted to let you know, just in case you hear that saw fire up and think, what on earth is going on? But if you would like to know more about Men's Sheds, about the work they do, find a shed in your local area or even look into setting one up, you can go to mensheds.org.uk. You can follow them on social media at UK Men's Sheds. There's links to those in the episode notes. I've also put a link to John Paul's shed in Penge. 
So you can see some of the amazing projects that he talks about on this episode. I'm sure you'll be able to find them in that group. And if you'd like to chat to me about this episode or any other episodes, you can email me via propermentalpodcast.com. That's my website. That's a good way to get hold of me. I'm on all social media at Proper Mental Podcast. Instagram is probably your best bet. And of course, if you wanted to take two minutes to rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff, it would be very much appreciated. But this is episode 76 of the Proper Mental Podcast with Rachel Meadows and John Paul Mountford from the UK Men's Sheds Association. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. And I'm joined today, firstly, by Rachel Meadows from Men's Sheds UK. How are you, Reg? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, nice to nice to speak to you this morning, Tom. Indeed. Thank you very much for joining me. And we're also joined by John Paul Mountford from the Pen Sheds. How are you, John Paul? I'm good, thanks. And again, thank you very much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Rachel, I was hoping we could, we could start with you, mate. And yeah, of course. Let's just go in there with a really big question. What is, what is Men's Sheds? What is it that you guys do? What is Men's Sheds? Uh, well, I guess... I suppose when you think about a shed at the bottom of somebody's garden, it's it's kind of that on a bigger scale. But whereas, you know, you might have a shed at the bottom of your garden with with one one person in it, men's sheds are community based. So they exist in communities for members of the community, uh, predominantly men, but a lot of sheds are women as well. Um, and they're there for people to really come together in a bit of a shared space, uh, get up to whatever they want to get up to. A, a lot of them do different activities, might be woodwork, you know, different types of craft. Um, but really, they're there as well for people to meet others, uh, have conversations, uh, share, share their skills and knowledge, really. So it's not just a shed. Yeah, sure. Am I right in thinking that the um, the sheds all over the country are kind of like independent and you guys are like, a, is it like a governing body or how's the way, how's the best way to describe the organisation? So we're not a governing body. We don't police sheds, but yes, they are all totally independent. So a lot of sheds, you know, they're, they're started by groups of guys um, generally. Uh, John Paul shed is a little bit different, but you can, you can tell you about that. Um, so they make their own rules. They decide their own activities. They have their own opening hours, days of the week, times. Um, and we as an organisation exist really to support and promote the shed movement so we offer a lot of information for people about how to start their own sheds um you know kind of templates uh you know we've, we've got a lot of support available from a team of great volunteers as well who have all started and ran their own sheds um and we can kind of match these up to people who might need a bit of support um and kind of get them on going so yeah we're, we're mostly there to support and promote Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And how long has it all been um, going for? Because there's a lot of sheds, right? Up and down the up and down the country. Yeah, there's there's over uh, there's about over 600 open sheds up and down the country. Wow. Yeah. And they're across the whole of the UK as well. So, um, uh, yeah, so I think it started. So Men's Shed started, uh, it, the concept kind of started in Australia, really, uh, where, where sheds have existed for a while. Um, the first shed uh, in the UK was started in 2013. Um, and that was, I think that was, uh, Mike Jen's shed in London, actually in Camden. Um, so he started the first kind of community shed, which was, as I said, kind of just started by guys that wanted something. Um, before that there was a shed, uh, men in sheds were started by age UK. Um, so there was a couple of sheds out there that were run by age UK kind of, uh, managed and governed by them, but the first kind of community sheds, yeah, it was 2013. Um, we as a charity started in 2015, so we're still relatively young. Um, but yeah, there's, there's new sheds opening all the time. And we generally say there's around about 150 sheds in development kind of at any one time. So that's, that's people who are kind of, they might've had the first meeting or they don't have a premises yet, or they're, they're trying to get going. So there's, there's quite a lot of them around. Definitely. Yeah, sure. You mentioned the um, like premises because it doesn't have to be a shed, does it? Right? <laughs> no, that's, that's very true. We've got, got them in all kinds of weird and wonderful places, to be honest. Um, obviously kind of sheds, you, you know, you think of a shed, but I went to one uh, in, uh, in the Heatons in, in Manchester the other week, and that was actually in the undercroft of a church. So it was like very kind of dark and a bit spooky, and it was literally underneath a church. Uh, so wherever there's space, um, 
and space to fit some tools and a workbench and a kettle um people can turn into a shed so yeah there's one i think the other funny ones have been uh an old mortuary disused mortuary um old blacksmith's forge uh some of them are in kind of basin community centers some of them some of the sometimes the guys will make a purpose-built structure themselves so they will literally build a shed or like you know um sometimes there's an old container or a porter cabin but they can literally look like any anything and some are tiny and some are massive so it's very much depends on where and who's running it yeah sure is it a case that keep people kind of um get in touch and say oh i'd like to start my own my own branch my own shed and then have to kind of wait for a venue to to appear or do they tend to come with you with the venue already sourced um, oh it's really a bit of both sometimes sometimes people have a have a sometimes like the stars align and things fall into place for people and you know they might be they might have talked about it and they'll they'll get approached by someone who will say oh I've heard heard you doing this and guess what I've got an old barn that you can use like sometimes that happens but generally it involves a bit of legwork from the from the shedders uh, trying to find somewhere it can be one of the difficult things to sort because obviously there's you know you have to have certain things um for it to be kind of safe and accessible and you know people have to find insurance and you know they're obviously they have to pay rent in a lot of places some places are free but you know it's it's all those things to take in consideration so it can be a bit of work for people definitely yeah sure and do, do you find that I know you mentioned there that um some sheds are mixed um but do you tend to find that it does a, you know roughly we're going to talk in very general terms here of course but um roughly it's kind of a, a certain age group of men like an older generation of men would you um is that fair to say yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, you know, sheds uh predominantly memberships are, are made up of, you know, older men. And when I'm saying older men and kind of 50 plus kind of coming into retirement age. Um, and I'm hoping not to offend anybody by that comment of older. <laughs> um but <laughs> careful how you step there <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, maybe, it's maybe people with a bit little bit more time on their hands um but certainly let's call, let's call it with let's, let's call it they've got lots of wisdom <laughs> lots of wisdom lots of lots of knowledge and skills um, but yeah it's sometimes um yeah aimed at kind of older men but uh that's not to say that the members definitely um sheds have a variety of age members um on Paul no in his sheds vouch for that um but sometimes you know you'll go along to a shed I've been one of there's there's been men there who are in their 30s um you know it depends on the opening hours some are open evenings weekends um so they are quite accessible to people um of different ages and sometimes younger people go because they want to learn how to do something specific so as John Paul said you know got knowledge and skills um that wisdom sometimes you know younger people don't know how to for whatever it is they want to learn that from somebody so sometimes yeah. that's where they join it's really surprising because um i suppose people of a certain generation i suppose particularly men take it for granted that most people will have a certain level of you know just doing things around the house because you just think you know there's a screw i know how to put it and take it out and then you get the people who've grown up uh, living by typing with their thumbs um and um, and these things are a mystery to them. And it's and it, you will show somebody something which you think is fairly simple, and it's often it's some kind of revelation. It's it's quite surprising. Yeah, definitely. And the, I mean, there are certain life skills that we just kind of should have, right? That have um, fallen fallen by the wayside. But particularly, I kind of ask about the age thing for two reasons. One is that with men's mental health predominantly, we always talk about that statistic about men under fifty, and that's an important thing to talk about. But sometimes we talk about that so much, we forget that there's loads of men outside of that demographic that also have problems, right? So we tend to focus all on this one thing because that's the stat, that's the headline. But it doesn't mean that anyone outside of that group can't struggle to, you know, in the same in the same ways. But also with like the younger generations, something that I found through chatting to loads of people on this podcast and something I experienced myself is that we, as we kind of moving into that bracket, that textbook bracket, we don't have a lot of communication with other people and we don't we lose like creative pursuits that's something that tends to like at a certain age group for men it disappears we do it for a bit and if you don't do it all the way all the way through then it um, disappears and it really interests me the idea of having that that um that space for yeah for younger people to learn and for like older people to um 
yeah, just to kind of, yeah, just have that space for mental wellness, right? I think as well, um, you know, talking about, you know, people who are older, sometimes, you know, you can go through such transitional periods, you know, if somebody's retiring from work um, or, you know, obviously as we all get older we're all at more risk of you know different health conditions and sometimes you'll find you know men might have kind of experienced a you know a, a medical diagnosis of something or they will have retired um and it's you know that's the kind of times where you can become a bit more isolated from people and you know if, if your life has been about work and career and your friends have all been based in at your job and when that kind of finishes sometimes people can find themselves with yeah a bit of time and less connections and just less um you know yeah maybe they've got more kind of time to to do those creative pursuits but if you've got kind of nobody to do it sometimes it's you know and no social interaction it's it's a bit different isn't it so yeah very well, much so well we, we find uh, i mean because we're UK, we are 50 and over i mean and that's um that's our sort of well it's not, it's not a rule but it, it, that's who we tend to have people come around um we have ways of getting people in a bit younger if, if they want to come in as volunteers but in general uh, we find that people who are sort of in that age bracket, it's that, it's that time of life when um, perhaps people have gotten divorced or their families have moved away or sometimes they might ha- have had to retire through health reasons. Um, and guys particularly, when they stop working, um, obviously I'm being very sexist here, um, they suddenly realise that the people they work with, they're not their friends or their family, they're people they work with. And, mm. and those people continue to work and then they, they themselves find themselves, well, what do I do with myself? I feel useless. Um, and that's the good thing about sheds. They give um, a sense of purpose and, and some um, and some rhythm and some regularity. It's something that you will do once, twice a week, and you will actually see the results of having done something. Whereas when you are just drifting around and you have a lot of time on your hands, days can drift into weekends, which can drift into... And, and you, you sort of you lose that sense of, of where you are evening if where you are in the year sometimes yeah definitely i think around like work as well there's so much like identity right so people are really defined by it by a job sometimes and they they do that job for a long time and when that job stops you know through retirement or whatever then it is a little bit like well who am i now because yeah. i was i've been this for 40 years and now i'm not and how how do i how do i figure out you know what my what my role is is now you know i think um it's a really big part of the mental health conversation that maybe doesn't get talked about as much but um let, john paul let's jump over to you mate what was your your route into um into getting involved with the sheds oh my gosh uh, we're gonna go david copperfield here <laughs> <laughs> i was born no, okay not quite that far back um oh well so um oh how long are you going now 2016 14 2014 um i had a big major life event um everything changed for me at once um i lost a long, long-term relationship um, I stopped working. I got very, very mentally unwell. Um, I'd never experienced being mentally unwell before. I didn't know what that, what that was like, what that looked like. Um, didn't know what the journey was going to be through all of that kind of thing and wh- how I was going to come out the other end. It felt disastrous at the time. Um, but um, I started working with many shades as a volunteer. At that time, I was too young to be a member, um, <clears throat> how the time goes. But after a little while, I worked as a volunteer for two days a week and then three days a week. Eventually, they found um, some money um, and then they employed me. That was a part-time position and that turned into a full-time position. Um, and so I became an employee of Age UK, working on Men in Sheds. Turns out it suited me very well. Um, but it did more for me than I could do for it, I would say. Um, it gave me all of those things I said earlier. It gave me a reason to get up in the morning, to get out to do something for other people, to pass on skills, to um, to organise, to make sure other people were finding things to do and feel useful with their day. Um, it really surprised me when I started doing it, actually, how much I got from it, as much as I could give to it. Um, it was um, it was a very good fit for me. Um, and it was just really, it came along for me at exactly the right time. I couldn't have possibly imagined a better medicine um, for, for what I needed at that time. And it was a complete change of direction because I was self-employed previous to that for 15 years. And all of a sudden, I've got, you know, a proper job and I'm working nine or five and doing all that stuff that everyone else had done the rest of their lives. But um, it was a real turnaround. Um, but I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's made me realise how much these things that are in the community, which I used to have very little to do with, affects everything around them and how you can 
make that into a real positive thing for hopefully everybody who comes here. Yeah, definitely. I think as well as looking after yourself and um, being part of a community is really, really important for us as human beings, but then also what we can do as part of that community, right? So how we kind of pay it forward for want of a, um, a more precise um, expression. Yeah. So what sort of, um, what sort of things go on at your shed, John Paul? What, what do you guys get up to? Oh gosh. Um, well, we are a mixed shed. We're men and women. Um, so we're not, we're, even though we're called men in sheds, we're, we're creeping towards changing the name to, to, to just being something like pen shed but uh we um we repair just about everything that comes through the door tables chairs and um, small electronics plastics we even do some welding we do some mechanical work these days um we will um build and uh, commissions we've we've built quite a lot of things for uh we're currently we're going to build noah's ark believe it or not that's just came through the door wow. um, and 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 a crow and a dove and a palm tree. Uh, these are all for our stage sets. We've we've built a full size TARDIS once, um, which was smaller on the inside, I have to say. Uh, oh gosh, the list of things goes on and on. We've built uh, two full size Santa sleighs, uh, several reindeers to go with said sleighs. Um, we obviously built the normal things like um, planters and, uh, and benches and and actually I'm sitting in the pergola at the minute. This thing here, which you can just see behind me, yeah, which is yeah. all. Which is all built out of recycled materials. There's not a new piece of anything in this. Um, so we we do a lot to reuse materials as much as we humanly can. Um, we yeah we do just about everything really. There's very little we set. I mean we do know our limitations. We wouldn't go and build as you said an entire shed for somebody working. Um, but we do take on quite a lot of things. Um, you know as people ask for them. Uh, I mean we we do at times have up to a three month waiting list for the jobs that we're building. Wow. Yeah. So do people from the, like your local community, do they approach you, John Paul, and just say like, you know, any chance you could do this for me or put this together for me? Well, apparently my new, my, 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 my renamed person is Mr. Men in Sheds because I get called that a lot. Um, but yes, they do. Um, I mean, it's, they come around the shed and they, and, and we get a lot of queries through social media. Um, and people are very aware of uh, Men in Sheds Penge. Um, I started the Facebook group many, many years ago. And it gathered momentum at an absolute rate. If not, I mean, it's got over 2,000 members on it now, which I'm astounded by. So there's obviously plenty of people out there aware of us. But um, as I'm walking around, people seem to know me, me particularly associated with this one. As as I said, they, they say, you're Mr. Men in Sheds, aren't you? Um, and I, I don't correct them on it. But uh, that, yeah, I mean, it comes from all sorts of ways. I mean, I've, I've, I have really tried to, um, like a spider's web, reach out from where we are to everything in the surrounding area tapping all the local community groups, the churches, the schools, um, anyone who might have needs for that kind of stuff. Um, and But I, I think the, the thing about sheds is to not become too insular and realise that you are one brick in a wall, which is made from many bricks, um, and all the bricks support all the bricks around it. Um, and you put one of the bricks out and the, the wall's less strong. So I, I think that's, a, that's you know, a positive way to think about how the sheds work. But I, I, I'm very much against them... Uh, a shed just being opening up guys come and do things then it closes i think you need to sort of make that interaction between yourself and the community around you that, that will make a, a shed a success it'll make it thrive yeah definitely and there's all those all those added benefits you know for mental health of doing those sorts of things right connecting to your community there's a real um you know something that's really good for us is doing something nice for other people that's a really undervalued way of looking after your mental health um, it, I, I i agree with you 100 percent um a lot of the guys we've had round um I and mean, we have a real mix actually we have architects we have accountants all kinds but the tradesmen they tend to be many i'll try again they tend to be money orientated and um they they well why should i do this i'm only getting this paid for this that and the other and after a little while that begins to soften and they do begin to realize there are other benefits other than just the monetary aspects, uh, when we do stuff for the, um, particularly for community groups, for uh, college, uh, not colleges, for schools, uh, churches, we try and do that at a, at a at a cost which you know the guys feel like they're getting something for, and the community groups feel they're getting something at a good price, and we try and balance that off, particularly with those sort of things. But it's that that sort of um, that non-monetary payment is kind of hard to define until you're actually doing it. But it's as you said, it's good for everyone's mental health because. Um, the people who come in and pay us um, to do things, they get to have the feel-good factor of having put the money towards this venture instead of some commercial venture, and we get the the, um, the benefit of having done something for them. 
Yeah, definitely. A lot, a lot of mental health, particularly mental ill health, rather, resolve, revolves around people not being very nice to themselves. And I think it's very, very hard to continue thinking negative thoughts about yourself when you're doing nice things for other people. It's like it's almost like you're proving those thoughts wrong. Uh, there is that in your actions, the other, right? Well, absolutely. But the, the I mean, again, uh, putting the mental health angle on it, um, when you're involved in a task, when you're um, in that moment and concentrating on what you're doing, whatever problems you've got piling up on the background, you have to be there and present and concentrating on what you're doing. And those things just sort of, the, the volume gets turned down on them and, and you can just be there and be present in that moment and and just take, be like a dog, be in the minutes and, and take that moment for what it is. I mean, your problem's still going to be there when you when you finish doing what you're doing, but that is such a little holiday that you get to have. And, and it's that, and you're right, it's very undervalued. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes just, yeah, just a couple of hours out of your own heads can get, you know, gets you through the rest of the week, right? Gets you through another day. And that's so, um, so, so, so important. Do you find, John Paul, that sometimes the the conversations that men have while they're working tend to drift more into that area? Do you find that um, people kind of share while they're, share while they're working, which, you know, maybe they wouldn't do if you were sat with someone in a, in a pub or watching the football or whatever? Uh, we're moving around the shoulder of the shoulder commentary, aren't we? But yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree with it more. I mean, uh, when I first heard that little comment, it did make me smile because um, I've seen that more than once. I mean, when we were merely in men's sheds, uh, I'd say it's mixed now, but um, guys still like to be around guys quite a lot. Um, and the um, I there was there's many stories but the one that jumps to mind is that there was a, a chap who was going to have a, um, a knee replacement and he came around and um he was um he, you know he's a bit reticent to talk about it at first but he did eventually start, start speaking about it um and he never had an operation for anything in his life not so much as a few stitches or anything so he was terrified um he was working on building uh ooh, i think it might have been a pergola or something like that with another guy turns out this other guy he'd already had this knee operation um got to chat to him then there's a third guy in the shed who'd also had this, this operation. Um, so then by the time he's going to, going to go in for the operation, he's practically looking forward to it, but not quite. Um, anyway, he goes, he goes in for the operation, um, comes back. He's at the shed two weeks later, walking around with his stick. He's been told by the guy, you know, make sure you do the physio, all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, and, he, and he, he got through and came out the other side and, you know, he, he, joined, the, he joined the new knee gang. Um, but, <laughs> but that's a great example of, but I, I know for a fact that, um, if he hadn't been working with um, other guys doing that, he probably wouldn't have came up and talked about that. He probably would have just kept to himself, you know, would have been quite frightened about doing it uh, until he got to the point of actually going for the operation. But by the time he'd chatted a few other people, it softens it and you sort of, you, you get a bit more information. It. It's not so scary. Other people have gone through it. You've got, you know, you've got comrades. Yeah, I think that thing, what you said then, John Paul, shoulder to shoulder, that's something we use all the time. And it's, yeah, yeah. you know, that's that's the name of our newsletter. And it is that thing of, you know, it takes the focus off talking about yourself, doesn't it? It's you preoccupied with something else. And and obviously there's a place for, you know, specific support groups and, and things like that out there. But I think this is so different. I think, you know, these these kind of uh, certain problems that affect all of us you know people are touched by you know cancer or you know whether it's dementia or whatever it is people know somebody's going through things like that and it's I think in a shared as John Paul said oh you know two other guys have had that same knee operation you're always going to find somebody who can relate to whatever the thing is that you may open about so I think it's just it's such a different environment and then um, you know it can be can be a real positive to have that relaxed kind of focuses focuses not on talking about your problems but that can come um and it's just very different isn't it john paul uh, well i mean the main thing i've seen shift in the last couple of years is, is talking about obviously that that's a, a very sort of you know that, that's a physical operation um but people talking about uh, depression which didn't used to be talked about because you know we're men we're immortal we don't you know don't be so soft pull your socks up all that business um and seeing chaps just sitting around down here it takes a while for them to get to trust somebody to actually open up and talk about it and say, you know what, there are times when I feel really down um, and there are times when I have um, thoughts that are, you know, not healthy. Um, and just somebody else saying, yeah, I've, I've done that as well. Um, and it's like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> it, 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 seems, it actually seems a surprise to them that somebody else has had a similar human experience to them. But I think particularly as men, we are quite insular and, we, and we're pushing against it and we're moving out of it, which is brilliant. Um, but I do think particularly people of my generation, certainly the generation up from me, um, there is this sort of, you know, this pressure to, to, to bit, you know, 
to man up, using that phrase. And that phrase is still used now, man up. Um, and, of course, there's times when you don't want to man up, actually. You know what? I'm not feeling good. You know, this, you know I do feel like, you know, I, ha- I don't know what to do with myself. I do feel lost. Um, and just coming out and saying it, uh, the old cliche, problem, a problem shares a problem half. It actually does work. Yeah, that's so true. Because sometimes we don't want to be fixed. We don't want a solution. We don't want an answer. We just want someone to nod and go, oh man, that's the, yeah, I'm sorry that that's happening. And that's happened to me too. And sometimes that's enough, right? That's, that can be an incredible power, powerful thing just to be heard. That's it. No, nothing else. It, it can be. Um, but the, I, I think women are better at that. Just chatting to be heard thing. Men are much more see a problem, fix a problem. Um, and that sort of is obviously part of why they come to men and shed because they see a broken thing. They want to fix it. Um, obviously mental health doesn't work that way and, and it takes a little while to realise that you know somebody comes along to you with a problem and they're often you, you often can't fix it um, but as you I, said if you just talk about it a bit uh, giving a voice to things has a lot of power um, I know from way back when I was having my own run in with it that um, having things that just go round and round and round that seem inconquerable um, just speaking to somebody and, and giving it a name it lets you handle it and actually think, okay, right, I now know what that is. I can do something about it. But not speaking about it and just having going round in circles in your head is very difficult to do with. Yeah, very much so. And yeah, like you say, um, like Rachel mentioned before, having something to to work on to kind of take the make it almost like a less formal conversation you know it's almost like some of this stuff just kind of just kind of creeps out and like men always get like a really bad rep about talking about mental health and I f- the more I kind of explore the idea of it although of course like men aren't great you know we need to learn the words but at the same time it's much more about where we go to use those words right so it's, it's about facilitating the space and I think men are a lot better at talking about this stuff maybe than they get credit for they just traditionally in the past places like pubs, places like football matches, places like the snooker hall, all these like very like blokey places. They're not the best place to be talking about your, your thoughts and feelings. Right. But if we can facilitate different environments, then, you know, if you create the right space, people just fall into that space sometimes. Right. Oh my God. You, you said that men had feelings there. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, is, it is true. And sometimes once you start talking about stuff, I think, you know, there's certainly sheds out there that have really kind of embraced it and, you know, that they'll find, you know, they may have a number of members who are, you know, going through something similar. So they might say, oh, do you know what? Actually, there's there's a few guys here, who've, you know, they've all got prostate cancer. Let's get some information in or we'll get somebody in to come and talk to them about it and let everybody else in the shed know it's something to watch out for or to be aware of. So sometimes having those really informal chats, as you say, can, can kind of open up to a bit more, um a bit more support you know so so there is you know that kind of sometimes there is that fixing element of well we've got we've got some information about that or we know somebody that we can put you in touch with so it can it can kind of help in, in both ways sometimes yeah yeah definitely i suppose we don't know what's out there till we know what's out there right you know like a lot of the time we're ignorant to these things that can be a huge help until someone tells us about it and then we go oh i wish i'd known about that six months ago that could have you know made a real real difference yeah just, just interest just popped into my head now rach but kind of from your own perspective obviously as a woman working in you know the organization is called men's sheds you obviously speak to a lot of a lot of men has that highlighted to you the differences between how men and women tend to talk about these things and process these things and deal with these things um i think i think it makes you aware definitely of of what is out there for women sometimes that, that it is as we've said it is generally and again generalizing easier for women to find something that they feel comfortable at or go along to um you know there's there's women's group for all kinds of different things and i think having something as you said kind of moving away from traditional blokey kind of forums pubs snooker halls anywhere where there's kind of alcohol as well because you know sheds um i think pretty much every single shed kind of runs a no alcohol kind of rule um you know it's a very different environment so i think it's it's definitely made me aware of kind of that it's something that there needs to be a space for men to have that kind of safe environment um i suppose that the men i'm obviously i i mostly predominantly support our volunteers who are um i guess they're kind of experienced and they're well used to kind of talking about their feelings a little bit more but certainly I hear all kinds from their sheds you know about how they've you know how people support each other um 
and yeah I think it does it, there is still a, a bit of a gap out there and I think it's just yeah why I don't know whether it's just one of those things but I think I think as long as you've got spaces and platforms for for men to be able to mental health and feelings it's that's I suppose that's half the battle really isn't it kind of you know if people want to talk about it but they feel they've got nowhere to go to do so um then it, then you're kind of stuck aren't you but yeah yeah definitely I think different people need different things don't they some people yeah. need to be doing you know work in a shed some people need to be walking dogs some people prefer yeah. sitting around in a circle and having a chat and um the more sort of things out there the more someone can find what what works yeah. works for them you know? I think, I'm, I'm laughing I think as well I'm laughing because if you can ever get a bunch of guys sitting around in a circle talking, I know, I know, I know. I'm say you've, you've, you've broke some kind of mold there. I, mean, I've, I've <laughs> I think as well though with the with the sheds. I think that I think one of the real important things is um, is that people go along and it's it's not about placing the emphasis on what somebody can get from going to a shed. You know, you, you don't want to be in a position where people feel like they need help or they need support, but it's it's about what people can bring to the shed as well. So it's, you know, you get guys going to the shed and, you know, they wouldn't say that they were joining a shed because they felt lonely or isolated. They'd join a shed because they wanted to do something for the community or be active or, as John Paul said, have a routine. Um, so it's about what people are bringing to the shed and giving to others and sharing. So I think it's important to kind of make sure that, people know that sheds aren't you know just there because somebody might be feeling a certain way you know it's all about kind of yeah what what you can share with the shed and how you can support it and help it grow and help others. yeah yeah become part of that yeah. part of that community yeah and um add your value because we can feel can't we that um you know that we don't have something to contribute to society or somewhere to contribute it to but that coming together and um and you know doing exactly that I suppose is really important I, I wanted to ask about the kind of the skill swap element as well because that must be um, must be fascinating John Paul you must have like have met some people and thought you know god I've never had a go at that you know that opportunity to kind of like learn from others uh, well we funny enough we have very few craftsmen join up um, we've got firemen architects accountants and um, all sorts of things and um, we have had people in in the past to come and do classes to pass skills along and um, but we do have a few who bring in sort of things they've learned in their own workshops. But um, there is always something new to learn. I mean, they're, they're, you, you never have the full set of you know, skills unless you've sort of worked in wood since you were born, I suppose. Um, but there are people who come around who show me how to do things that I've never seen before. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, I, I think part of it is the learning aspect as well, because if you're not learning... You, I mean, if you are learning, sorry, you feel like you're moving forward. You've, you've, you've learned something new, hopefully. But there's also the other side of it with people who really struggle with that kind of stuff. And um, picking up something new is quite difficult for them. And you have to sort of be very, very watchful with them to make sure that they're not suddenly going to take what they've learned and then do it in some kind of dangerous way. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it, it, I mean, it, it is very difficult to generalise about how sheds work. I can only speak from, obviously, how our shed works. Um, but they are all so very different. And when we were setting up sheds, I went out and saw a whole bunch of sheds. And indeed, I've been I've talked to people at the very shed fests and see how they're getting on and how they are running their sheds. And and, and the variety is just vast. Um, it's it's very difficult to pin things down to sort of, you know, this is what's going to work. Some kind of blanket set of things that work on every shed. I think there is there's core elements, but I I think you know they're all they all end up being attuned to the shed their art and the people who were coming to that shed because indeed uh, the, the shed that I used to run of three years ago is very different to the shed that I run now because the people who come have changed and the projects have changed and yeah, it's important to work with um, work that take part in the game you find yourself in I think is the phrase yeah, sure. I suppose there's something really nice about that fluidity, right? Rather, to, you know, rather than have to say it is this or it is that, it's whatever it needs to be for the people who are attending at that time and uh, being I, able to absolutely. adapt. Absolutely, and, and um, it would bore me silly if I had to do the same thing day in day out. I like challenges. Um, I like 
you know, new things, new things to build. If I, when I first came, I think they were predominantly building birdhouses, um, and that went on for months. And I, that was just, I, I just thought, God, we could do so much more than this. <laughs> yeah, but but they, you know, that was all they could think of to do. But I mean, I mean, it, it's, I'm going to sound terribly biased because you know I am a shed leader, a shed runner, whatever you want to call it. But once I came in and I could see what they could do and what they were capable of and what where we could take that other places rather than just okay, we can make planters, we can make bird boxes, we can make benches, um, and and I could tap into that potential. And of course, I'm I'm paid to do this, so I. But I I then started okay, what more can we do? What can we bring in? What exciting projects can we do? What can we do that's a bit more challenging? Can we make bigger things? Can we do things that are more complex? Um, obviously, you still have to manage the, the the expectations of the clients and sit and give them sort of you know, a longer time plan than it would be for a sort of a, a commission piece. But it's really rewarding to see people build stuff, and particularly when they when they finish something and they go, do you know what? I didn't think I could have built that. And then they stand back and go, my gosh, look what I've just done. Yeah. yeah, that's a lovely thing for people to do and for someone to facilitate as well, you know, kind of every everyone's a winner when when that happens. I think um, I think that thing, what John Paul just said about kind of the sheds are really shaped by their members is so true. And, and that, that really that skill sharing element of, you know, you might have a member who's, you know, who's got a particular skill or an interest in something and they'll, you know, they'll bring that to that particular shed. Um, and I think the good thing is about sheds as well is, you know, as they are also different, if if somebody kind of goes along to one and it's not something that they are interested in or whatever it is, they can look and find another one. There'll be another one probably two miles down the road that'll look totally different, you know, and different activities. Um, the sheds out there, I've been to, to one kind of quite local to me um, and they do jam sessions. They have musical instruments and they kind of every Monday they would like they all get the guitars and there's a harmonica and they, they have a jam. And it's just it's kind of whatever, whatever the members bring to it is what it can look like. So yeah. that's really, you can't it's hard to generalize. Sorry, John Paul. That's really interesting because when when we first started, we had about four guitar players and I play guitar as well. So we bought the guitar for the shed um, and we would regularly do bits of guitar playing and skill swapping and, and sort of, you know, who'd learned what each week. So I learned more. I mean, I am a guitar player, but I learned more uh, because I was playing with other people playing guitar. I mean, sadly, those chaps have now, well, two of them passed, passed away. But the ch- it, it has to change. You can't force it to be something. So yeah. as you said, you, you have to go with what, whatever the people are coming with. Um, and it cho- it changes and it, it flexes. And um, I have to say, when, when, when you say, you know, it, it ships itself to the people who come. I would put open bracket for better or worse. Close bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, that's a lovely metaphor um, for life and a lovely metaphor for mental health is just sometimes just allowing it to be whatever it is. And, you know, when we try and sometimes force these things to be other things, it can be really like detrimental to, um, you know, to being mentally well. So it's quite a nice uh, yeah a nice way to look at it and a nice way to learn really how to do that because i think we do have to learn that to do that sometimes to just let something be you know we have these preconceived ideas of what we want something to be and that's not always uh that's not always healthy right and i think um, um, I, oh, go on john paul well you you get comfortable doing something uh and comfortable is not always the best place to be because comfortable is not very challenging um and you you need to take that somewhere. It needs to. It, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, another cliche. It's about the journey, not the destination. So you, you, but you should allow that journey to go where it goes. Yeah, and as as an organisation as well, you know, we're always, you know, trying to champion the, the the diverse nature of sheds and kind of, you know, each community will be different. Needs of a community will be different. So you know, John Paul's talks about making set pieces for, I assume, like a play or a theatre or whatever. You know, there's a shed. Uh, I can't remember whereabouts it is, but they were making marionette puppets. You know, whatever kind of people in the community take to them, and whatever kind of whatever they are being asked for, you know, is they can look so different you know there's a shed there in norfolk and they do work with the school and that was um that was all about uh they were, they were kind of teaching kids school kids how to grow produce uh kind of built, you know built these kind of like gardens uh kind of allotment kind of things and they were also contributing that some of that food to a local food bank as well so it kind of you know it's it's you know when john paul talked about doing stuff with the community it'll be very rare that you the shed that not linked to various aspects of the community doing different things and sometimes when people just find out that a shed exists they can't help but get involved in the community because people will approach them <laughs> you know as soon you know john paul's getting recognized and people know what he does and as soon as people know there's a shed 
they will go and they will ask them to do things or you know build a planter for the park or whatever it is it's kind of inescapable really but it's a really a nice thing <laughs> I, I love you describing my job as inescapable <laughs> <laughs> get, get your uh, at large <laughs> You've made a rod for your own back, in other words. <laughs> yeah. You're minor celebrity in pen. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that is, it, it's surprising, though, because, I mean, you've got the community events, and, and I previously could have attended these things almost anonymously. And, of course, you, you bump into the people who are at the local church, the local school, the local whatever, and, they, and they've been talking to somebody and said, oh, have you met John Paul? He's from Men in Sheds. And, and then it goes like that. And you do, you end up being some sort of, um, yeah, you, you get... A reputation is that the right word <laughs> <Yeah>. infamous <laughs> yes <laughs> do you find that um with your own shed in, in particular john paul that kind of people are um aware of it and maybe takes them a little while to make that decision to actually like come down because i think that's quite common particularly with men as well is that they sort of you know they follow the facebook page and just kind of like be aware of it and do the research but sometimes it takes something or a certain amount of time for them to make that you know make that decision to come down uh yes i mean when we first opened up you very rarely get a guy came down by himself he'd come down with a mate but, uh, that, for some reason or he had to have somebody bring it uh, come in with or he had to come in oh i've got this thing that needs doing can i do it in the shed um then it's not quite so bad now people will turn up and say i'm quite interested in joining what is it what can we do um, but we do uh, an induction course which basically learns people how to use the tools and it's twofold the induction course it is actually to learn the tools um but what it, because it lasts about six weeks, it means you are attending for those six weeks. And within those six weeks, you are normally getting to know how the shed runs, making you the members, finding out where everything is. So regardless of whether you remember what you learned on week one to, to, to week six, by the time you get into week six, you've basically sort of met everyone and bumped into everybody. You know where the kitchen is. You know how to make your own tea and coffee, hopefully. Um, uh, yeah, and, and you know who the characters, let's call them characters, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know who the characters are. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, we, we sort of, we, we've over the years developed that as a way of sort of gently, gently getting people in the shed rather than just, you know, they, they come in and then have to sink or swim. Um, and it seems to work, but yeah, that, that, that sort of, that just turning up thing for men didn't really used to happen. There's yeah. some, some other sheds kind of um, do other, you know, I know John Paul mentioned community events. Sometimes they will hold like a coffee morning or, you know, they'll appear at a community fair or summer fair or something. Um, and sometimes that's a good way of sheds to kind of attract because I was speaking to one of our ambassadors, Jeff, uh, last week, and he was talking about their coffee morning coming up. And he said, you know, guys will kind of wander in with their kind of, um, you know, partner or wife or whoever. And sometimes meeting the shed members out of context so you know they can have a coffee they can look at some of the things that they've made and um, whatever it is kind of suss it out and then a bit less daunting along when you've met somebody so you walk in and you can see jeff or you can see whoever it is and it's just it takes a bit of the fear away i think to just to know that there's a friendly face there and it's it's not such a, a task as turning up by yourself to the total unknown and um, so yeah. a lot of sheds do things like that yeah, offer up some burnt meats. That'll get loads of people in. <laughs> That'll do. Barbecue. Speaking from experience, there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bar- barbecues. They'll come in in their droves. <laughs> oh, Maybe that's the and, key. And, and the arguments over who's going to cook the meat. I tell you. <laughs> I, I I love that idea of like interrogating in interrogating into get, getting people into it slowly. You know, and I think oh, so, particularly yeah. around this. This whole thing where no matter what organizations we're talking about, no matter what sort of support systems we're talking about, we quite often say to people, right, oh, it's great if you do this. It's great if you do this. We never tell them how, you know, we never talk about how how challenging some of these things can be to walk Mm -hmm. into a group of people, even even though that group of people are there to to be your friend, to help you, to support you. they, They want you there to join the community, but it can still be quite a daunting thing, really. And I love the idea of having a way to ease people into it. Yeah, especially yeah. if, um, sorry, I was just going to say, especially if, you know, somebody is going hard time or, you know, their mental health is affected or whatever it is, it's, it's even harder. And, and another one of our ambassadors, Graham, he, I remember him saying him and his a couple of guys from the sheds would go out to the local supermarket. They would take some flyers from the shed and he said what to do is they used to kind of spot guys who were out with their wives doing the weekly shop and they would kind of, um, you know, spot them and kind of maybe give the wife a flyer and, you know, the 
guys who were getting kind of you know again a bit generalized but they would choose people who were kind of trailing around after a trolley looking a bit miserable um and they would Mitchell, target they would target that, them that used to be called shanghai <laughs> press gang <laughs> um, <laughs> yes um, <laughs> that's, that's what they would do it's, it's funny I, I mean you, you talk about that um, and we've had women who've dropped their husbands off um, uh, and uh, over the years there's been some very funny stories there was there was one woman who's dropped her husband off you know back to the future when you get the flames off the tyres when, when the car disappears <laughs> the car door was barely shut and she'd been zooming off she just obviously had this massive right I'm getting rid of him <laughs> But I mean, getting back to the mental health thing, we because I work with mind on my other job, um, I have a crossover with people who um, who have um, learning difficulties, um, real mental health problems like um, um, things like schizophrenia, bipolar, stuff like that. And with a certain amount of care, we've had them in the shed. And what was really interesting was initially is obviously we used to call them the old days, we used to call them nutters, um, and obviously un PC word these days, but. When they first came in, they they were given a wide berth. But what is really great is the guys now realise that these people, they're just other people. I mean, they have problems, but and it's and it's kind of in a way made them work more with people who have, you know, that level of mental difficulty. And and they 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 not. I'm not going to say they've been forced into doing it, but by having those people around them, they've realised they're just other people. They, you know, they they're just you know, perhaps they're a little bit weird compared to them. But then they're, they're not going to be scared of, you know, they're just, just other people, which has been really good for them. Yeah, that's wonderful, really, because, you know, like stigma is often, you know, unintentional, right? It's societal. It's ingrained in people. We don't know until we until we it's meet the, other people. It, it's the fear of the unknown. Mm. And especially yeah. you know, mental health is such a, you know, a, a hidden, you, you don't know the affected until somebody talks about it. So, you know, that that's again you know everybody's just there attending the shed you wouldn't know who had a mental health problem or not necessarily unless they're going to talk about it um and check you know this is you know as you said kind of sheds john paul's shed is slightly different in that you know he's kind of a paid facilitator coordinator um but you know a lot of sheds do have to kind of make difficult decisions sometimes about how they can support people who want to join um where you know whether the environment is safer safer people um but yeah you know we're kind of here to kind of talk about that as much as possible and give you know good good examples and kind of best practice and you know how we can help people feel confident in supporting where possible and you know in a safe way because at the end of the day everybody who, who attends a shed you know most of them are, are just guys who've come together to do it then mental health professionals and um, but they can offer that level of support and, and friendship I guess in an informal way yeah yeah and that's lovely that's really really nice yeah and um, John Paul if you don't mind me asking what do you do with with minds what's your connection there um I've had various jobs with mind um I, I again I started working as a volunteer I'm a great advocate for people starting work as a volunteer um and then I went into a peer position I so I initially worked in something called peer support which was um in some ways similar to sheds that was you've got people together who had mental health issues problems um, and you create an environment for them to be together and to be with each other and just a space really to share and, and if they want to do activities we'll get those in um, then I moved on to something called the recovery college um, so that in my mind is a slightly more progressive thing because um, the recovery college as it would say promotes recovery so that's more of the getting back to the journey um, sort of cliche analogy that's helping them along the journey towards the end of the journey um, and hopefully they come they do part of the recovery college and then they move on to other things that helps them as it would say on the journey to recovery um, and i and i run various courses for that um but uh, it, it's it's almost uh, um i mean my my line manager calls himself um the principal so <laughs> it, it's a bit like it is very like college actually and and i'm I'm a facilitator, but I'm also one of the tutors. Um, so I, I teach one of the things I teach is guitar, actually. Um, but it's it, there's as I said, there's a lot of crossover with with that and this. But obviously, because the age thing, there's only a certain amount of crossover because they have to be for our shed over fifty. Um, but we do have some who are interested who have come round. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I find the two things work hand in hand quite well because I'm dealing obviously when I'm working with mine specifically with mental health, but when I come here. I am still in my mind dealing with an aspect of mental health. It's just a different kind of, of way because I work for Age UK here as well. So I do work for two charities um, and it, uh, there is, there, there, there's overlap. 
Yeah, definitely. A lot of um, techniques that, um, you know, I've struggled a lot with my own mental health over the years and a lot of the techniques that I used then when I was really poorly are now really um, useful now that I'm not poorly. Right. So a lot of these things that we need when we're poorly are fantastic to just make us better at, you know, getting through life and having to do stuff. To throw the ball back to you, when you were poorly, how long did it take you to realize you were poorly and to actually recognize it? Because I, I, that, that's the, actually a, that's a big step. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I would say probably about oh, 20 years and two breakdowns, probably, if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> well, um, that, that, that's one, one less than me. I, I had to have a pretty major breakdown to realize that I was not invulnerable because I, 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 obviously being Northern, as you might have got from the accent, um, you know, we are brought up to be sort of, uh, you know, we're made from tougher stuff and you get on with it. And, you know, when something's going wrong, you know, that, that, that must be something wrong with me. It's not something wrong externally and um, but yes yeah, so, right okay well it took you two goals it only took me one goal <laughs> yeah. well my, my second one was a uh, direct result of the first time I was really really poorly I kind of yeah. um I pretended I was doing the work to get better and I wasn't so I was saying I was and I was going to therapy and I wasn't really telling the truth and you know those sorts of things and I kind of got away with that I got another three years out of that thinking to the converter yeah uh, when, when I find myself sitting on a cardboard box with only a television in my front room, I, I, at that point I thought, there's perhaps something wrong here. <laughs> Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to get to get that help. Yeah. Perhaps, I, perhaps I'm not fixing this myself. <laughs> it's the, the, that is the wonderful thing, though. When when you can laugh after about after some years, and you can see how bizarre it seems, but when you're in the thick of it, it's actually not so easy. Completely. Yeah. 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 Out of context, um, mental health issues are just bizarre there's a lot of comedy to be found in it you know and like you say when you're in it um well then it's like the worst thing it is the worst thing but afterwards you're gonna you kind of look back and you think just like i don't know it's almost like a different world you know it's almost like sometimes i don't even know if it's if i'm making it up or not you know well i, I, I would agree with you 100 i mean when you were sort of going through you probably found that some of your decision making and some of the things you look at now and you think god what was i thinking why did i do that um, however, when you were right in it, that seemed to make complete sense to you at the time. <laughs> and, Definitely, and other, yeah. And other, and other people outside of you couldn't understand why you were doing it, and you were just because this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, I suppose that just adds to the to the complication, right? Is uh, is, it's yeah. very hard to talk to somebody um, and be rational with them when you're not walking around in their shoes, for one of another cliche, mm. um, because you haven't understood the journey that's gotten them to that point. Um, and when when you're a little away from it and you're sort of back on the road, you can look at back at that with a certain amount of perspective. But it's um it's very very difficult to get through. And that, that's one thing that I've learned that um you know when somebody is feeling very depressed or very angry or any of these things that um you can't you can be sympathetic but you can't you can't be them. Only they can be them. Um and and, and no amount of trying to talk them around or anything is going to do it until they manage to come down a little bit and come down a few levels and, and have a more rational outlook at where they are at yeah yeah definitely that makes so much so much sense yeah very much so i kind of um some of the best advice i ever was ever given was to when your brain is well to put things in place that will be there for you when your brain's not well you yeah. know because when you can't rely on yourself when you're poorly but you when you're well make sure the safety nets are in place make sure you've got the 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 phone numbers the people the sheds the whatever it is that you use to keep yourself well make sure that's all all laid out ready and then if things don't don't stay well for a long time then you know it kind of happens automatically rather than having to try and find it in that moment well and of course that's where the sheds come in because um you that that is something that you can use as part of that net i i personally didn't have that at the time i have to say that when when the sheds came along and um i mean i was too young young to join the sheds and they obviously i signed up as a volunteer um and it came along at just the right time it was as i said earlier just the right thing at the right time i was very lucky um had that not happened i i can honestly say i'm not sure what my journey would have been and where i would have ended up hmm. and i would um you know, I would be very confidently say that I bet there's a lot of there's hundreds of shedders up and down the UK that would probably say exactly the same thing. Yeah, this, it's it's one of the things that, yeah, we hear quite scarily quite a lot. Actually, sometimes people say if they hadn't found the sheds, they don't know if they would still be here, you know, and that's, you know, that thing that I would just really kind of hammers at home sometimes at how much, uh, you know, 
people can get from a shed and you know can share and, and get and, and how it can change people's lives like it's you know it's incredible really you know all the things that we talked about even even you know routine not being sedentary you know speaking to another human being sharing that human experience whatever it is um you know we, we underestimate it i think when you are well you underestimate the, the value of that yeah very yeah, much so absolutely i, I mean I, I mean i've done various bits of training with mental health over the years and the more i learn about it the more you learn about yourself i suppose but i think one of the real things that was uh, so i did something called mental health first aid have you heard of that mm. yeah so i did i did that recently um and it's always interesting to look at yourself through this stuff as well as look at other people through it because obviously as a first aid -er, you're always looking to apply to other people but when you think about yourself and and what you've gone through and what you might have done differently one of the really interesting things that was a light bulb moment is when they said to me during this course everybody has suicidal thoughts and I was like oh my god everyone has suicidal thoughts and I thought that can't be right but it, it actually is acting on them is a different thing but everyone at some point thinks oh my god I'd be better off dead um and that that I literally ping light bulb went on I was like gosh that is probably true um and that just that that was such an eye opener I just it, it just it seems really obvious but until somebody puts words to it it just isn't there <laughs> yeah definitely and these are the sort of things that we need to shine a light on right because when you first have those sorts of really dark thoughts you scare yourself and then you think i can't possibly tell anyone i've ever thought about this because yeah. no one else thinks this you bury it down and it adds to the it's like a self-stigma right it's a stick to beat yourself with when you've got enough of them sticks lying around anyway you don't need another one um and but yeah like you say until someone says it but when someone does then it's like well oh well that's okay then you know it's like um yeah again that power to that shared experience and that conversation it's just a wonderful wonderful thing wonderful what, thing what john paul said before i think you know you said about kind of putting a name to something and you know taking away its power and it's it's exactly that isn't it kind of opening it up and it's 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 not this terrifying secret or thing to to not talk about you know you know you can name it or you can share it and yeah everybody else kind of says oh yeah me too and it's yeah very yeah, um yeah. i think particularly with men it's it's that um i am not weak because i can say this this doesn't make me weak because i can say this and that's a real hard step for guys to get over i'm not weak just because i can say you know I, this is happening yeah i i love the idea of taking the word strong and flipping it on its head so what does it really mean you know, does strong mean like powering through this stuff and pretending you're okay? Or is strong, the real meaning of strong is saying I'm not okay. And yeah, yeah. I have thought this and I am saying that and I'm going to be vulnerable in front of people and I am going to ask for help. That's the meaning of strong. And I think that's something we need to do is take these words that traditionally have meant one thing and like let people know that they actually mean something else. Definitely. very much so i wanted to ask guys i'm conscious of your time this is like this is flying by this is awesome i, I really wanted I know, to I've, I've got i've got people hanging around here <laughs> just, 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 they're all they're all just waiting for me but we can the gate like this trying to get in <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to bring us home i just wanted to chat about um shed fest and is this like the the coming together of um of different ideas and different you know things from different sheds and and coming all together under one one it umbrella is, or one roof or it, it is yeah so so shed fest is kind of our annual yeah well festival conference whatever you want to call it um and over the last two years we've we've had to kind of do it virtually but it is exactly what you've just described kind of sharing of ideas getting together um so this year it's going to be in person it's on the 20th june in Worcester um and yeah it's it's basically kind of we'll hear from kind of speakers there'll be sessions run by various people involved in sheds um you know about different topics or practical demonstrations there'll be stands there'll be health and well-being kind of elements to it as well so it's it's basically a load of shedders in one place spending two days where they can learn stuff listen to people meet other people um get a free lunch uh and just yeah just have a bit of a good time i think 
sometimes the, the really important conversations that happen can come from you know when you when you're having a coffee and just milling about and you know it's it's those inf- you know as we know in the sheds kind of those informal moments where you can connect with people um but also you know we will have the more formal you know demonstrations and speakers and hot topics and whatever it is so yeah we're kind of we're kind of organizing it at the moment and working on the on the um schedule and stuff but yeah i think everyone's looking forward to seeing people in real life definitely in real life yeah very- very, very yeah. much so. You yeah. forgot to mention the important worm to catch, guys. Tools. Tools. <laughs> yeah, tools. Yeah, we have many partnerships with tool companies. They will be there as well. So, yeah, they can check out the latest gadgets, watch demonstrations, it, all the it rest was of it. On, on one of the second or the third shed fest, I can't remember which one it was, um, a lot of our guys were like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to go. And, 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 and then I said, oh, there's going to be, you know, these couple of people. Like, oh, yes, 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 we'll, we'll go. <laughs> There's tools, we'll go. <laughs> yeah. And we do we do have awards as well, actually, kind of shed of the year. Um, and there's other kind of various awards that sheds can be nominated for, um, you know, community project of the year, volunteer of the year, different stuff like that. So it's it's about kind of again celebrating how different sheds are, the work that they do, um, and yeah, just celebrating the fact that they're out there, you know, helping people and giving people stuff and getting things from people. It's it's uh yeah, it's just like a really i think yeah and you know yeah it's something that very much should be celebrated and um yeah it's wonderful and guys thank you so much for your time today i really really appreciate it i enjoyed that immensely and um yeah i just think it's it's just wonderful that all this is going on and particularly with like a demographic in the mental health conversation that i think sometimes can be neglected you know so i think it's just um yeah it's just wonderful and yeah thank you for your time today that was brilliant i was just gonna um say uh tom if it's okay if people are interested in finding a a shed close to them or interested in starting a shed um you know have a look at our website which is www.menshed.org um and we have a thing there which is called find a shed so you can put your postcode in it's a big map of the uk you put your postcode in and it will throw up all the sheds close by to you and all their contact details so if you're interested in finding a shed you can easily find one um if there's not one close to you you might be interested in starting one so there's resources on our website there as well to help with that um and as john paul said if you've never done craft before, um you know you can still go along and have a cup of tea and a chat so it's you know there's something for everybody i think yeah fantastic and i'll make sure all the notes for all the different things are all in the uh yeah all in the episode notes all the yeah, links amazing. and that so people can can check it out yeah super guys thank you very much thank you very much thank you very much cheers bye bye now thanks bye bye, bye. proper mental podcast please like and subscribe the space time